Today on the Matt Walsh Show, a woman called Internal Affairs to complain that an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy harassed her during a traffic stop, but body cam footage, which has been released, shows a completely different story. Also, five headlines, including outrage at Rick Santorum for claiming that Europeans built our civilization, but isn't that simply an indisputable historical fact? And Caitlyn Jenner comes out against men playing in women's sports, but does that mean we can trust him as conservatives? Plus, the Gateses are getting divorced, and our daily cancellation, the Disney classic Snow White and the Seven Doors, is finally being called out for its promotion of rape culture. It's about time. All of that and more today on The Matt Wall Show. You know, if this last year has taught us anything, it's that uh, emergencies happen. You, know, you never know what's going to happen exactly, but you have to be prepared for anything. And that's where ReadyWise comes in. I've been telling you about ReadyWise for a long time. And now is a better time than any to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has many options like emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition. They also have uh, adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. Really convenient, and also they taste great. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. You can order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. When government resources are strained, uh, it can be days, if not weeks, before fresh food is available to you. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're relying on the government at a time like that. Uh, ReadyWise uses the finest ingredient and ingredients and latest food preparation technology to ensure optimal taste and freshness. So you got to take advantage of this. And uh, here's the deal. This week, my listeners can get 10% off at ReadyWise.com when entering Walsh at checkout or by calling 855-475-3089. ReadyWise is a 30-day, no-questions-asked return policy. So there's no risk in taking the initiative to get you and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com. Promo code Walsh to get 10% off. A correspondent for Fox News, Bill Mulligan, uh, published a video on Monday that helps put things into perspective. This is what life is like for police officers these days. The video is footage from a body camera worn by a Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy. Interestingly enough, the department doesn't require its officers to wear body cameras. This officer chose to wear one for his own protection. And it's very good that he made that choice because recently a woman called Internal Affairs to file a harassment complaint against him. She claimed that he harassed her during a traffic stop. Unfortunately, the deputy had his camera rolling during that stop. And it becomes very clear very quickly just who is doing the harassing during this interaction. The woman is so far unnamed. And as soon as she is named, I'll be sure to tell you her name and plastered everywhere that I can. Now, I'm not always a fan of public shaming, but some people richly deserve it. And oh, does this woman deserve it? Uh, so let's uh, let's play this. Let's listen to this. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because... because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone like, I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. I can record you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his... Do you, have, a, do you have your driver's license? I... It, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? Because I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket? Is that why you're harassing me? Not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to and record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. 
I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you had that you picture? you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jay? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal, and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. Of course she is. Of course she's a teacher. Oh, you knew that. You just, from this, from everything, her behavior, the sound of her voice, you already knew she was a teacher. Melligan says that she has worked as a professor at colleges in the area, apparently. This is just another reason why her name and face should be published. The public has a right to know where this psycho is teaching. Besides, she was filming the encounter too, so she obviously wants it to be made public. I mean, we should respect her wishes and make it as public as possible. She wants to be famous, so I say let's oblige. There's plenty more to say about this and a couple of larger points I want to make. But first, let's uh, let's watch the rest of the footage because it does gets wor- it does get worse if you can believe it. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, murderer. Stop shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me. No, because man. you're scaring me. Oh, you're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the, the well, you, iPad, you, I'll tell you what. You keep smiling. Yeah, you're on camera. You keep, you're, you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I not didn't smiling. Say that. You're the one who's crazy. Hold that still. I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. Um, you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Yeah, is that what I don't that's think about? So. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. All you need to do is get your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. Here you go, ma'am. Sign inside the red box right a, there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. It's on the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good day. You want to be white so bad. What a lovely, what a lovely woman. A little racism there at the end. Why not? Why not throw that in there for good measure? You've already decided to be a scumbag. Might as well go full hog, I guess. And yet, after all that, the vile, disgusting witch of a woman gets only a citation for using a cell phone while driving. The officer actually cuts her a break. Doesn't get her for driving without a license. Needless to say, this is a man with, with, with near superhuman patience. If that were me... I would have given her every ticket I could have possibly justified and then a few more that I can't. Also probably would have been screaming at her to shut her stupid mouth because, you know, I'm on the opposite end of the patient spectrum, I have to admit. But this is the kind of patience that police officers must so often demonstrate. They deal with people like this all the time. In fact, that was easy compared to how so many other traffic stops have gone, especially in L.A. At least she didn't physically assault the officer or try to shoot him, so that's progress. Perhaps this can lend a little bit of perspective. Some police officers are bad, just like some members of every profession are bad. In some professions, the percentage of bad is much higher than others. Professions like academia, for example, riddled with lunatics like this. For police officers, only some are bad. Some, like this deputy, are almost unbelievably good at their jobs. Everyone else falls in between. They're just normal people doing their best, bad days and good days, successes and failures, getting by as well they can. I mean, this describes the vast majority of people on earth in all vocations and all occupations. Now, what happens when a normal person is subjected to constant harassment and taunting? What happens when they're forced to encounter the absolute dregs of humanity day in and day out? What happens when they spend all day, every day, dealing with drug addicts, domestic abusers, gangbangers, drunks, People of that sort. 
It has a psychological effect. So my point is that whenever we see body cam footage of some citizen acting like a lunatic around the police, we're always asked to, to see things from that person's perspective, to understand the pain and trauma that led to that behavior and so on. Well, what about the pain and trauma of the guy wearing the camera? Might we consider things from his perspective too sometimes? I know that if I had to deal with people like that woman every day and worse, it wouldn't take long to turn me into a jaded, aggressive jerk. In fact, I already am a jaded, aggressive jerk and I only work in media. So the majority of police critics, if they had to deal with stuff like that all the time, they'd be far worse than the worst police officer that they criticize. Two other things to think about. First, we don't talk enough about the entitlement problem and how it intersects with these issues. This woman has a sense of entitlement so pronounced that it's driven her into basically madness. She, she's furious that the officer would dare pull her over to enforce the law. She feels that she's entitled to do whatever she wants, whenever she wants, and anybody who deigns to prevent her is, to her mind, effectively a murderer. She, she's so entitled that, that even when the officer cuts her a massive break, she still isn't satisfied. To, to have even been inconvenienced is an affront that she cannot bear. Now, she might be a somewhat extreme case, but this kind of entitlement, to one degree or another, is extraordinarily common. It's another thing that cops run into every single day. Just consider the fact that in a great many of the police body cam videos or witness cell phone videos we've seen, the perp who was allegedly the victim of police brutality was committing a crime and then resisted arrest when the police came to enforce the law. They act shocked and angered by the fact that the law is being applied to them. They're so self-entitled that they expect they can refuse to be arrested and the cop will just go, well, okay, never mind, sir. Sorry to, have, sorry to have bothered you on this fine afternoon. When the cop doesn't respond that way, they become violent. Again, police encounter this mentality day in and day out. Also, the woman in that video, let's focus on this for a second. She repeatedly claims that she is scared. Another thing we hear all the time. All these people who say they're scared to death, afraid they'll be murdered by the cops, blah, blah, etc., but so often these scared people act exactly like this woman. She's scared of the cop and yet she's going out of her way to antagonize him. She's yelling at him, insulting him, trying to instigate a reaction. She's already gotten a break. They're about to let her leave. And she's still screaming at him and insulting him. She's afraid that he'll kill her and yet she taunts him relentlessly. Is that how scared people behave? Have you ever been so scared of someone that you walk up to them and say, hey, you big fat dummy, kiss my ass? If you're acting that way to someone, should we assume that you're scared of that person? We're even expected to believe that the people who resist arrest, who actually initiate violent encounters with police, who choose of their own volition to create a violent situation with police, they're scared too, we're supposed to believe. They're committing a crime. They're being arrested for committing a crime. All that is totally fair. They could simply go off to, uh, to, 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 to jail, fight this in the courts. But then they decide to make it violent. Didn't have to be. They made it that way. Because they're scared. Huh. And the BLM rioters in the street who throw rocks at cops, taunt them, cuss them out, 
sometimes strip off their clothes and dance naked in front of them. They're scared too, supposedly. All of these people professing to be deathly afraid of the police and yet acting towards the police in exactly the sort of way you'd act towards someone if you weren't afraid of them in the slightest. Could it be that all this talk about being scared is nonsense? Could it be that it's nothing but emotional blackmail? An act, a charade? To justify their own despicable and indefensible behavior? Yes, it could be. And it is, in fact. Nearly everything you hear from the anti-cop left is bogus. Everything. The claims they make about policing in general are statistically false. But even the claims they make about their own emotional states are also false. It is all false. All a lie. Every bit of it. And we should never forget that. Now let's get to our five headlines. You know, it has been a difficult time uh, this last year. It's it's always hard when you're a business owner uh, to deal with all the issues that come up. But uh, this last year especially has not made it any easier. Uh, And that's why ZipRecruiter is so important. They make at least one aspect of being a business owner a lot easier. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for the job. That's why hiring can feel like, you know, trying to find a needle in the haystack. Sure, you could post your job online, you could post it on some kind of job board, but then all you're doing is hoping that the right person stumbles across it, which is why, forget about that, you need to try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com Walsh. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's magic technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. So this is a proactive solution rather than putting something out there into the ether of cyberspace and helping someone stumbles across it. Uh, ZipRecruiter is going to go find that candidate for you. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Okay, so while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, which is that needle in the haystack. And right now you could try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Walsh. Once again, remember to go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash W-A-L-S-H. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, so uh, number one here, you know, I I always say never apologize to the outrage mob. Here's another exhibit to enter into consideration for that. Rick Santorum was uh, speaking at a YAF conference, and we're uh, good friends with YAF over here, big, big fans and and partners with YAF. And he was speaking at a conference a few days ago. Um, I think this was in D.C., I believe, but I could be wrong about that. And uh, he got into some, some trouble because of what he said about about our history, this country's history. Uh, Here are the allegedly offensive remarks. Listen. If you think about this country, I don't know of any other country in the world that was settled predominantly by people who were coming to practice their faith. They came here because they were not allowed to practice their particular faith in their own country. And so they came here mostly from Europe and they set up a country that was based on Judeo-Christian principles I say judeo the Mosaic laws, Ten Commandments, and the teachings of Jesus Christ, the morale, the morals and, and teachings of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what our founding documents are based upon. It's in our DNA. You know, if you think of other countries like Italy and Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. I mean, they've been, they've been there for, cent- for millennia in many cases. And their culture has sort of evolved over time. But not us. 
we came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there was nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but, if, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It, it was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith, to live as they ought to live, and have the freedom to do so. Religious liberty. Okay. Well, yes, all of that is true. No problem with any of that. That's all completely true. Um, it, 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 it is true that the European settlers built a, a country, they built a civilization, our civilization. They built it from scratch. They built it from the ground up. They, they built it from a blank slate. They did. You know, when when they came here, there were there was a there were scattered collections of warring primitive tribes. These were essentially stone not essentially these were for the most for the most part stone age primitive tribes, um, and they, they they weren't all one big. We talk about you know the Indians or Native Americans as if they're one homogenous group. Uh, they're not, and they certainly weren't back in those days. They were scattered across um, North America and South America, and they were at war with each other. I mean, in a, in a constant state of war with each other, in fact. European settlers came and they built our civilization as we know it today. All of that is true. It just is. Now, you could, you might not like that it's true. You might prefer that people don't acknowledge that it's true. But it is true. Now, uh, but Rick Santorum got into a lot of trouble with that with the left, and they were very upset, and he was, his name was trending, and uh, everybody was outraged. And he went on uh, CNN with Chris Cuomo a couple nights ago to address that. Now, he didn't apologize. And uh, I want to give him credit for not apologizing, and, and I do, sort of, but, but he, 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 all, he all but apologized. He backpedaled and he was kind of like stammering over his words a little bit. And he was, he said that he misspoke. He didn't mean to say that, which is effectively an apology. You know, it's kind of, he's dissembling and he's he's trying to get his way out out of it, but he doesn't actually say that he's sorry. So he all but apologizes, which is unfortunate. You know, I wish he would have gone on CNN and said, no, I don't. Yeah. I said what I said. I meant it. It's true. Oh, you don't like it. It offends you. Well, I, you know, I don't care. it's, It's a simple fact. I wish he would have done that, but he didn't. But he also didn't say the words, I'm sorry. And we know with the left, so even if you apologize, they're not going to be satisfied. But if you don't even do that, I mean, if they're, if they're upset at you about something and the first words out of your mouth aren't, I'm sorry, oh man, they can't talk about entitlement. They can't wrap their heads around that. They, they're, they're going to be left speechless. And so now we go to Don Lemon, who was the day after was talking to, I think this is the day after talking to uh, Chris Cuomo about that exchange with Rick Santorum, where he doesn't explicitly apologize. And Don Lemon is, he's sputtering. He's, he's nearly speechless that he can't believe. He just can't believe that Rick Santorum didn't apologize uh, to the whole world. And I guess, you know, Don Lemon personally wanted an apology to him too. 
So here's uh, here's Don Lemon rendered nearly speechless. I was furious watching the interview in my office. I cannot believe the first words out of his mouth weren't, I'm sorry, I said something ignorant, I, you know, I, sh- I need to learn about the history of this country, no contrition, didn't talk about, you know, the suffering that Native Americans have had to deal with in this country. It was, I mean, R- Rick Santorum, really? Who, did he think, did he actually think it was a good idea for him to come on television and try to whitewash the whitewash that he whitewashed? I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible and insulting, and I apologize to the viewers who were insulted by it because I was sitting in my office furious because he's done it so many times, so many times. And it's just, I'm sorry, it was just, it, it was so egregious and insulting and everything that we talk about, about the founding of this country, Europeans did not found, found this country. It was here. The Native Americans had this country before the Europeans came. What a drama queen. Calm down, Don. You're embarrassing yourself. That's so emotional. I couldn't believe it. How could he? He didn't apologize. I just, I can't believe it. Just shut up. You. Uh, and he says, uh, okay. He says that Rick Santorum didn't acknowledge the suffering of Native Americans. So why does he have to acknowledge that? That's not what he was talking about. See, that's the thing. We can talk about our history as a country and as a a civilization. Um, We don't have to run through a list of all the sins and all the people who are victimized before we get to that point where we can talk about the history. Sometimes we can just talk about the history. That the, the suffering of Native Americans wasn't relevant to the point he was making. But this is what the left wants. You better not dare, in their minds, say anything about American history without first, uh, without prefacing it with an apology. Before you, before you uh, express any pride, certainly, in your country's history, you better start by saying, "Well, I'm so sorry, the Native Americans. They were, they were, they suffered, and all these other minorities suffered, and everyone suffered, and it was a terrible, terrible thing, and everything was horrible. It was a horrible country." Uh, and, uh, but also, here's what I want to say. That's how you're supposed to start. I'm happy that Rick Santorum didn't start that way. Of course, then he goes on TV and he still backpedals and says, says that he misspoke. So he doesn't, really, he doesn't really get any credit from me at all. But it just goes to show. There's, there's no, why backpedal at all? Why claim you misspoke? You didn't misspeak. You said what you meant to say and you were right. You're not going to get any credit at all. You get, you get zero. You get zero credit. You know, this is, uh, this is like a, for the left, they're like teachers where if you get one question wrong on the test, you get zero. You get no, no credit at all. Except the test here, it's not a factual test. The test is how much are you, you know, are you lining up with? The test is all about their ideology and how do you line up with it? And are you, are you lining up with their preconceived notions and their ideological convictions? If you deviate from that at all, then you get zero credit. So why bother? Why bother? You've already got Don Lemon crying on camera. You might as well. I wish, 
Rick Santorum had gone all the way. I wish he had just sat there and laughed and said, oh, people were upset about that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I don't care. I wish he had done that. That would it. Can you imagine Don Lemon if he if Santorum had said that on Chris Cuomo's show? Lemon would have been, would be in literal tears. He'd actually be breaking down in tears, crying on camera, if only Santorum had done that. And then he says that um, this country, <laughs> this is a, a grown adult man, um, allegedly, and a professional news anchor, allegedly, claiming that this country already existed before the European settlers got here? What? No, it didn't. That is ahistorical, incoherent nonsense. This country didn't exist before the Europe. Oh, really? So the Native Americans as a group created the United States of America? Did they? That's what happened? We already had everything set up. The states and everything was already, uh, already established. No, it, there was no country before the settlers came here. And they obviously didn't get here and immediately start a country. This is a, a process of centuries. Building a, a, our civilization and then eventually our country. Then eventually founding our country. But, but what is... What is uh, inarguably true is that there was no country when the European settlers got here. The Native Americans, again, we're talking about primitive, warring, scattered tribes. I mean, the, the, the majority of, of what is now our country was empty space. Wide, wide open empty space. And scattered throughout it were these primitive war, warring tribes. They didn't have a country that they, they all got together and made a country together. No. There was nothing even resembling a country. So that's nonsense. So what happens you don't apologize to the left. And, uh, you know, you, you, I, I, basically, if they're coming after you, you, you have two choices. And there's no reason to go anywhere in between. And one choice is to flip them the bird and say, I don't care about your feelings or I don't care that you're, you're upset. I said what I said. I'm not going to apologize. You know what? Even if I was wrong, I won't apologize to you. How do you like them apples? But I'm not wrong. So you could do that. That's my recommended path. Uh, or if you're not going to do that, then you might as well go all the way. Get on your knees, groveling, crying, begging for forgiveness. You probably still won't get it, but there's a chance, maybe. Anything in between, it, it's really pointless. You, you, it, now you, you lose. It's a lose-lose situation. Because now, like what Rick Santorum did, you're not getting respect from, you know, the people who are on the anti-cancel culture side of things, like me. Okay, we're, we're not going to respect you because you didn't really stick to your guns. But the cancel culture folks, they're not going to accept you either. They're still going to try to cancel you. So what did you achieve? Achieve nothing. All right. Um, moving on. Number two here. Caitlyn Jenner, running for governor of California, as I'm sure you've heard, provided an answer on the girls' sports issue that has gotten a lot of attention. And here is that answer. Hi, Caitlin. 
So there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys or trans from playing girl sports in school. What's your opinion on that? Uh, in back. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girl sports in our but, school. But, but if someone transitions and now identifies as a girl, isn't it delegitimizing their identity to prevent them? Have a them? good day. That was a fine answer. Uh, I obviously agree with Jenner on that point. But predictably, a lot of people on the right, a lot of conservatives are celebrating this and say, oh, look at this. Jenner's on our side. What a powerful advocate. What a powerful advocate against the trans agenda is Caitlyn Jenner. I, 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 keep, keep something in mind here. Okay, I'm going to read to you. This is a CNN article from 2018. Not all that long ago, just a few years. Here's, uh, here's what CNN had to say um, based on Caitlyn Jenner's own words in 2018. Reading from the article. Okay. It says, Caitlyn Jenner says she, and again, I'm reading the CNN article. This is their language that I'm reading, not my own when it comes to the pronouns. Um, Caitlyn Jenner says she made a mistake in thinking she could work with President Donald Trump to benefit the LGBTQ community and is now no longer a Trump supporter. In a Washington Post op-ed published on Thursday, uh, by the way, I wanted to read the actual op-ed to you, but it's behind a paywall and uh, I ain't paying for that. So we got to settle with CNN. Okay. In a Washington Post op-ed published Thursday, Jenner said at first she believed she could work with Trump and Republicans to change the party's stance on LGBTQ issues. Jenner wrote, quote, sadly, I was wrong. The reality is that the trans community is being relentlessly attacked by this president. She argued that Trump has shown no regard for an already marginalized and struggling community. Jenner wrote, quote, believe, believing that I could work with Trump and his administration to support our community was a mistake. She pointed to a New York Times uh, report that the Department of Health and Human Services has drafted a proposal to define gender under Title IX as solely male or female at birth with no room for change. Jenner said her hope in Trump and Republicans was misplaced and that she cannot support anyone who is working against our community. I don't support Trump. I must learn from my mistakes and move forward. Okay. Now, you, you might say that the sports issue, from what I could tell based on the CNN report anyway, the sports issue was not specifically addressed in that op-ed. But Jenner was coming out forcefully in favor of, quote, trans rights. And we know what that means. You know, what, what did you, at any time you hear trans rights and advocating for trans rights. Well, it doesn't mean like trans people should have First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights. Because huh? th everyone agrees with that. Th those aren't trans rights. Those are everyone's rights. No matter who you are. So anytime you put the qualifier in front of it, something is wrong. Same goes for women's rights. You, know, you hear, anytime you hear someone advocate for women's rights in modern society, um, you, can, you, you know that whatever they're about to say is, is wrong and bad. Because women already have in our society all of the same rights as men. All of the same legal rights. All of them. So if you're hearing about something called women's rights, well, now that means that there's, there's additional rights specific qualified rights specifically for women that they're advocating. 
such as, for example, the right to kill their children. Men don't have that right. That is, a, that is a right that only women have. And so these days, when someone is advocating for women's rights, that's what they're advocating for. Uh, because, again, everyone has all the same basic rights and protections. We all do. And I wish that we could celebrate that and be happy and say, you know, we all have equal rights in this country. Um, it's, we, we've achieved it. As, as much as we could hope to ever achieve something like that, we've achieved it. But no, so when it comes to trans rights, trans people have all the same basic rights, basic protections under the law. They even have the right to participate in sports. Despite how the media frames it and the media headlines, no one is advocating for bills to ban trans people from sports. Nobody. I have not heard any single person say that. All we're saying is that if you're a biological male, you play with the boys. If you're a biological female, you play with the girls. And if you happen to be trans, whatever, fine. You know, you could be trans, you could identify however you want. But sports is going to be determined based on biology. That's it. So again, trans rights means advocating for extra additional rights. Um, and that's what Jenner is advocating for in this article. That's what Jenner has advocated for. And now we're supposed to believe all of a sudden he's had a, a, a change of heart on this and yet still identifies as trans himself. Yeah, I, I don't buy it for, for a second. I don't buy it for a second. And if you, you know, if you actually think, if you listen to that and you believe that Jenner is now going to be an effective fighter against and advocate against the left's agenda on gender and sexuality and all that, then I, you know, naive does not even begin to describe you. It really doesn't. As conservatives, you know, we, we got to be smarter than this. We need to, st- we need to find effective advocates for the conservative cause. Not poor or mediocre advocates who happen to check a few of the identity boxes. Because that's the strategy we've been trying to use for years. It doesn't work. So we'll say, yeah, I mean, this person isn't that great or compelling and um, it's kind of milk toast at best. But, uh, you know, they, they have this or that. They fall into this or that identity category. And so the left will be stumped. They won't know what to do. Doesn't work. The left has already the left has already disowned Caitlyn Jenner. They did that years ago, really. They've certainly done it now. So whatever you think, whatever conservative cause you think will be more powerful coming out of Caitlyn Jenner's mouth, you're wrong. Okay? You're wrong. What what we need are people who are just powerful advocates of their own accord, wherever they fall on the, you know, whatever their demographics are. Powerful advocates. Caitlyn Jenner is not a powerful advocate of anything, least of all a conservative uh, cause. All right. Bill Gates made an announcement yesterday. Here's the statement. He says, after a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship, we have made the decision to end our marriage. Over the last 27 years, we have raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share a belief in that mission and we'll continue our, our work together at the foundation, but we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this, in this next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. Now, listen, um, uh, normally I would say pe- people's marriage troubles 
even if they're famous, none of our business. What is there to, to say about it? We should, we should just butt out. But Bill Gates has no problem imposing his personal opinions and views on our lives. He has no problem using his position and his wealth and his power to impose on us. He's been doing it all throughout the pandemic. Now, he had no, he had no problem advocating, um, using his position to advocate for policies that would wipe out thousands of businesses, for example. He's no problem doing that. Now with vaccines, he's doing the, you know, he, he has no problem imposing himself. Um, certainly having an opinion about you and I as peons, how we live and the choices that we make. And so in that spirit, I have no problem in this case having an opinion about him and his life. I think, in fact, I think it's with all due respect to him. You know, he doesn't, he's not one for personal privacy, clearly. Uh, and so out of respect for him, I'm not going to respect his personal privacy. And what I will say is that there is nothing more pathetic than a couple after three decades of marriage, now in their, in their mid to late 60s, divorcing so they can move on to the next phase of their lives, so they can grow more as people. There is nothing more pitiful or pathetic than that. I, I, will, I, will, I just will never understand it. You, you've been through three decades. You know, you're on the last part of your life. You, know, you might have several more years left. You might have a few decades left. But you're like, you know, you're, you're, this is the last lap. If this is a mile race on an Olympic size track and, uh, you know, four, four, four laps around, this is, you're like the last lap here. And you made it through the other laps together. Why not? That's how you grow. You don't, you don't grow as a person by, by giving up. This idea this is another reason why I have no problem commenting on this, because it's a, it's a poisonous idea that goes far beyond the Bill Gates' Bill Gates's marriage. The idea that you can grow as a person by, by giving up on your, on your vows, by breaking your promises, by being disloyal to each other, that's going to help you grow? No, you grow in this final lap when maybe you're tired of each other, whatever you're going through, you know, there's, there's, you, 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 there's conflicts, you're not seeing eye to eye. Maybe you feel like it's been a loveless marriage for a long time, whatever the case is. You grow by sticking with each other, you know, hand in hand. And you say, I know you want to quit. I want to quit. We're not going to. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see this through. That's the promise we made. We're going we're gonna to finish it. We're going to finish the job. That's growth. Um, this is, this is not growth at all. And now a word from one of our favorite sponsors here on the show, rockauto.com. You know, rockauto.com, it's all about making your life easier and making things quicker too, because as we get into the warmer months, uh, you know, you want to spend more time outside. You want to spend more time, especially on the weekend with your family. You don't want to be wasting time in an auto parts store and you don't have to with rockauto.com. You've got rockauto.com at your desk, in your pocket. You carry it around with you all the time. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. Rather than changing prices based on, you know, if you're a professional or do-it-yourself or it's going to be the same price for everybody, same selection for everybody. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Uh, And if you find it on RockAuto.com, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it most likely on RockAuto.com. And you're also going to know that whatever the price is there, it's the best price you're going to find anywhere. Uh, so you can stop your search. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. 
See all the parts available for your car or truck. And as always, remember to write Walsh in their uh, How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Let's move on now to reading the YouTube comments. This is from Terrence. Says, Matt, wouldn't your belief in UFOs disprove your Catholic convictions? Uh, I don't see how it does at all. You know, I know, I know a lot of people think that it does, whether Catholic or, or whatever. You know, I, I know there are a lot of Christians who think that their religion um, precludes them from entertaining the idea that there could be other intelligent life forms uh, in, out there in the physical universe. And I, I just don't see that as the case. You know, this is one of the many subjects that the Bible doesn't address. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. The Bible never says that there are no other intelligent life forms out there. It never says that there are. You know, um, that, that's the Bible's not interested in that question. Which doesn't mean it's not an interesting question or an important one. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think as Christians, we can, we can arrive at different conclusions on it. Um, but I don't think that our faith necessitates that we arrive at one conclusion or another. And there's plenty of uh, precedent for that, by the way, among, among great Christian thinkers. C.S. Lewis famously um, speculated about intelligent life forms, and, and he didn't think it was out of the question at all. So, All right. Uh, Charles says, I had to mash the, the uh, thumbs up button three times for it to register, and I'm just feeding the algorithm. Well, I guess that's why, this is why they say you have to smash it. I never knew, like, why do you, have, all the YouTube people, they say you have to smash the like button. I guess this is why, in order to really, with force, to make sure that it registers. Uh, another comment says, your argument for pit bulls sounds similar to an argument for gun owners. You could literally swap the two. I, I don't understand this. Here's another thing I don't understand. That is the argument that I was addressing Yesterday, I was explaining the difference between gun rights and your pit bull rights. And so what you're doing is you're, you're simply, you're not, you're not disputing my argument. You're, you're just restating the argument that I was attempting to debunk. You're not adding any additional arguments or making any point. You're, you're restating it. This is how arguments go on the internet all the time. Somebody makes a statement, you know, I say, oh, uh, I disagree with that statement for X, Y, Z reason. And then you get a whole bunch of comments from people who are, no, I don't think so. And then they, they, they just restate the statement. You think that's how an argument goes? Just, we, we, we keep shouting assertions at each other back and forth. Whoever stops talking first loses. Is that the way you think this goes? Banned from the show. Well, thanks for the comment and for listening. Um, Let's see. Mrs. Hancock says, in 2019, 33 of 46 fatal dog attacks were committed by pit bulls. Well, you know, that, that's not enough to convince people there's a problem, though, I guess. Maybe it's got to be 46 of 46. Um, Sasha says, hey, Matt, you know I love you. I don't have to remind you of that, but it's my last day at work from, for Home Depot. Been there for two years, and I'm joining a different company. I just need to get your approval for playing your show on the PA system for my last day. Make some leftist ears bleed of truth. Does this sound too rash? Well, I cannot tell you to do that. I also will not tell you to not do that. That's all I'll say. Um, and uh, finally, says, Matt, I was really waiting for you to be edgy and include the fifth 
uh, fifth option when it comes to where the UFOs are coming from. And I think most plausible option, that it's actually demons posing as aliens. I mean, the mass deception would be so easy to pass off once the rapture happens. Why as a Christian could you see space creatures as more plausible than Satan and his fallen angels, which we know are in fact real? This is another one. I don't, I, I guess that's the theme of the show today. I don't understand. I don't understand this one either. I, uh, why would we, why, why would Satan and the devils be flying around in crafts in the sky, picked up on radar, just darting around and then they're gone? Like, I, I, I don't understand that theory. I don't, I don't get where that's coming from. Why, why would we assume that? Um, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot as, as, as speculation. And I admit, you know, we could put that on the list of possibilities. Really, the list of possibilities is, is there, there are probably hundreds of items on the list, some more probable than others. I would put that on the less probable end of the spectrum just because I don't know. I certainly never imagined angels flying around an actual aircraft. Um, I, I wouldn't think they would need that. So that's my problem with that. I'm sure you guys have noticed that the Daily Wire has been growing like crazy. You know, not only did we move the entire company across the country, but we also uh, released our first feature film. We struck up a movie deal with Gina Carano. We started uh, the new talk show hosted by Candace Owens. And this is all in the first six months, um, at least in the last six months, ever since we got to Nashville. So just imagine what else is going to happen, what the um, future has in store for us and you as an audience. We've been moving at light speed over here, and so I'm so excited for the future of the company, and we're grateful for all of you for supporting the company. But we want to make sure that we continue to include you in our future plans. So every day on my show, I talk about a lot of different sponsors, a lot of great sponsors and uh, products and services from our sponsors that I love and use. But we want to get to know you better so we can choose our sponsors with you in mind. So please go to dailywire.com Walsh and fill out my audience survey to tell us a little bit more about yourself. And the good news is you should just do it because it's the right thing to do, and I'm asking you to. But if that's not good enough, and it probably isn't, you also uh, can enter to win a $1,000 gift card if you go, again, to dailywire.com Walsh and uh, go there now and fill that out. Also, if you haven't checked out Candace yet, tonight's the night to do it. Not only is it premiering live for free, but her special guest is none other than Donald Trump. They discuss everything from big tech censorship to what Trump's future might hold. So it's not a conversation you're going to want to miss. Candace is free during the premiere, but will only be available to members after it ends. So catch it live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on dailywire.com. If you still haven't subscribed, this is the last week to get 25% off with code Candace before the deal ends on May 6th. So again, uh, last chance, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code Candace for 25% off. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. And yet another old Disney film finds itself on the chopping block. This time it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The path to cancellation begins with the recent reopening of Disneyland. I don't have to reiterate my general view of theme parks, especially ones owned and operated by Disney. I'll only say that if Disney World is hell on earth, which it is, I can only imagine what Disneyland must be like. Disneyland is the knockoff version of hell. It somehow manages to be a downgrade from hell. It's like going from a Comfort Inn to a Motel 6 or from a McDonald's to a Burger King. Uh, but that's not the point here. The point is that the website SFGate, owned by the San Francisco, Chron San Francisco Chronicle, published a review of the new Disneyland experience. It was mostly positive, but it did include this bit about the Snow White ride. It said, quote, The new grand finale of Snow White's Enchanted Wish is the moment when the prince finds Snow White asleep under the evil queen's spell and gives her true love's kiss to release her from the enchantment. A kiss he gives to her without her consent while she's asleep 
which cannot possibly be true love if only one person knows it's happening. Haven't we already agreed that consent in early Disney movies is a major issue? That teaching kids that kissing when it hasn't been established if both parties are willing to engage is not okay? It's hard to, to understand why the Disneyland of 2021 would choose to add a scene with such old-fashioned ideas of what a man is allowed to do to a woman, especially when the company's current emphasis on removing problematic scenes from rides like Jun Jungle Cruise and Splash Mountain. Why not reimagine an ending in keeping with the spirit of the movie and Snow White's place in the Disney canon, but that avoids this problem? Yes, and what a problem it is. Lots of bigoted right-wingers have been making fun of this passage in the article, but I don't see what's so funny. They raise a good point. Snow White was actually not only sleeping, but it was believed that she was dead, right? It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but was, she, was, she was dead. I mean, they, they thought she was dead. The dwarves put her in a coffin until the prince shows up and begins to sexually assault a woman that he believes to be dead. This is normalization of necrophilia as well as rape culture. And what about those dwarves? We're just going to leave aside the fact that they attempted no form of resuscitation, no first aid of any kind, before deciding to put her in a coffin and leave her for dead? Well, I mean, wasn't she, if she was just sleeping, she was breathing. They, they didn't even try splashing some cold water in her face or something. Put her in a, in a glass coffin that was exactly the right size, I might add. Did they just have that lying around? They invite a woman into the house and they have a coffin her size waiting outside for her. These troubling questions go unanswered. And that's all to say nothing of the fact that none of the dwarves, to my knowledge, were, were voiced by actual dwarves. Just as a magic mirror was not voiced by an actual magic mirror or even a regular mirror. Representation matters, and Snow White gets it wrong on that front time and time again. And what about Snow White herself? Now, not to victim blame, but she's in her kitchen one day when a random creepy old hag shows up at the window, giggling maniacally and pushing a piece of fruit into her face and telling her to take a bite. And she does? Can you imagine someone knocking on your door and they got an evil smirk and they say, hey, I got an apple for you. Why don't you take a bite? And you say, well, gee, I am kind of hungry. Chomp. What kind of food safety message does that send to our kids? Suffice it to say, there's plenty of reasons to cancel Snow White and not just her. Let's get it all over with. Why trickle the cancellations out? Let's do them all at once. Why hasn't Aladdin been canceled yet? Yeah, they remade it and injected some you know, additional wokeness into the screenplay. But the whole premise of the movie is one that normalizes and romanticizes forced labor. The genie is a slave in bondage, imprisoned in a tiny cell, and has to sing and dance and perform tricks in order to win his freedom. It's no wonder there are so many white supremacists in this country when they've grown up on movies that normalize the enslavement of people of color, specifically the color blue in this case, but still. Also, The Lion King. It celebrates autocracy through the problematic benevolent dictator trope embodied by Mufasa. Meanwhile, the marginalized hyenas are cast out into the darklands, and when Scar, the Marxist revolutionary, le leads the hyenas in a class uprising, it's cast by the film as a nightmarish event. The audience is meant to cheer when the privileged son, Simba, returns from his sabbatical to claim the throne. Kills the revolutionaries. Throws them into a fire. The whole thing is highly offensive and problematic. What about Pinocchio? The film ruthlessly reinforces the gender binary by, by, by revolving around Pinocchio's desire to be a, quote, real boy. Now, a simple change here would have turned it from a bigoted hate fest into a true artistic triumph. Big, Pinocchio would have needed only to transition into, rather than a real boy, a girl. 
or a trisexual polygamist, or even just simply a pansexual, lesbian, non-binary, semi-female, genderqueer Starbucks barista. You know, why not that? But there's no salvaging it now. Pinocchio should be canceled. Beauty and the Beast needs to face consequences. The one good thing about that movie is that it, it has a very progressive attitude towards sex. Belle enters into a romantic and consensual, for the most part. I mean, she was imprisoned by the guy, so. Eh. But aside from that, a, a romantic and consensual bestiality relationship with the Beast. And that's, you know, very progressive, very enlightened. Uh, surely should, that should be applauded. But the rest of it is profoundly objectionable. Consider the teapot character. A woman uh, is made into a literal object. It is the most blatant case of objectification ever put to film. And that's nothing compared to the, uh, to the other character, the feather duster. If you can believe it, the movie depicts not only a woman turned into an object, but the object is an actual feather duster. Now, any old misogynist will say that women should do the cleaning, but it takes misogyny on steroids to suggest that women should actually be the cleaning supplies. My God. Cancel Beauty and the Beast. Cancel them all. You know, we need to move past movies as a society. If you want to be entertained, just stare at a blank TV screen. That's what I do. Create your own movies in your head. You know, last night I sat for three hours and I stared at my screen and I imagined that I was watching an action film about a black, disabled, lesbian, trans woman beating up oil executives and NRA lobbyists. Hollywood thinks it's woke, but it isn't woke enough to make that movie yet. Maybe it never will be. And so for now, Disney is canceled. All Disney movies are canceled. All other movies are canceled. It's all canceled. And that will do it for us today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vodosky. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. House Republican leader Liz Cheney sounds like and is a big lib. Don Lemon denies that Europeans founded America. And Catholic bishops get tough on pro-abortion politicians. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. 